Well, we'll start first of all because um, you're Irish and yep. you have a French restaurant and I know you've worked in lots of different countries. So let's go back to the start and where did it all begin for you? Uh, it all began, my hometown is St Dark in Ireland and a restaurant called Coaglino's. At 14 I started washing dishes at the restaurant yes. and there was a very uh, talented chef working there at the time called Raymond McArdle. Uh, he's since been on great British chefs and all that kind of carry on, but he was a very exciting character. And I kind of got, got swept up in it, so when Christmas time came, it was, uh, they needed help plating desserts in the dessert section, so yeah. I muscled in on the dessert section, and, wow. I, and yeah, that was me. I used to do school in the daytime, and, and finish up at four, and, and head to the restaurant till, till ten, and, and do that five days a week. For, wow. Yeah. When you were 14? When I was 14, <laughs> <laughs> And so then what happens then? So you're with a really great chef and mm-hmm. you do all that and you sort of learn on the job. Is that counted as an apprenticeship or do you have to then go and do... I then went to Glasgow to do uh, a HND in hospitality. Mm. Okay. So that, that took me to the UK. I had wanted to do my studies in Ireland, but it, the way it works with grants and, and stuff, I would have to stay in my hometown of Dundalk and I was certain I didn't want to stay in my hometown of Dundalk. I, wa- I wanted to move to Dublin and... and yeah. When that wasn't available to me, I decided to, to make the switch to Glasgow. To Glasgow. And then, yeah. um, did that sort of fill in the gaps a bit? Or, I mean, you'd already learnt so much being on the job, but that, did that sort of come round and, and even out some bits for you? Or was it really you just had to do that to get through I just it, had or? to do it. Like, I mean, yeah. uh, to be honest, I didn't go an awful lot. I missed out on, on quite, quite a bit of it. Yeah. Uh, I was working a full-time job and, and looking after myself. I was, uh, I was 18 when I got, in, got to right. Glasgow. And, uh, yeah, I, I had an apartment and rent to pay and all sorts of Good stuff. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was working a full time job and doing the the college on the side. And then when did so then did you go to London or did we? Did no, you so Glasgow. Yeah. I stayed there for about five years. I worked with the Rue Brothers, uh, opened a shop up there. So did Gordon Ramsay, uh, Sir Terence Conran opened a, opened a restaurant up there, and I was sort of part of those teams. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, competitive with them or part of those? So you were with those people? You are actually in Gordon Ramsay's team and so on? I was in Gordon Ramsay's team, yeah, but... Yeah, and then the yeah. Okay, yeah. so you weren't competing against no. them? And no, 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 no. Okay, so wow, so you really had a, um, a pretty amazing start then. Yeah, And so no, how long were you there, did you say? Five, no. Glasgow for five, five years. Five years, yeah. and then where did you go after that? Uh, I was in Chicago for a while, travelled through here for a while, and then... Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. How long did you spend in New Zealand? <laughs> uh, I spent three years in New Zealand. Yeah, it's pretty good. So in Wellington or in Queenstown? In Queenstown. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, met, I met my partner Ebony, who's his partner at oh. the restaurant in Queenstown. Okay. And I was just uh, my first sort of serious head chef's role. And where was that? Which it was in a place called Pier 19, which is okay, like the, yep. the premier waterfront restaurant. Yeah. We were doing 400 for lunch and 150 for dinner every day. Wow. Uh, and in this sort of style, I guess, it, it, cuisine, not 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 churning out. No. Yeah. So, well, what an amazing place too, because um, do you ski and do all that sort of stuff? Well, you probably I didn't did. have much time I did, to yeah, do yeah. that. <laughs> no, I did. I, I went up the mountain occasionally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, My uncle's I a learned, heli-ski guy yeah, there. So I learned to do it quite well. But, uh, yeah. yeah, for the most of the time, I think I just enjoyed the music, Queenstown nice life, nightlife. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a, um, a bit of a, not, well, a baptism into being a head chef, baptism by fire, to be doing such big numbers. Was that a really, was a steep learning curve, being head chef? No, I'd worked, with, I'd worked in, 
had the training to yeah. be able to back that up. Yeah. Uh, I worked with him initially in a little place in Captain's, the, the guy who owned the restaurant, I worked there for when I was backpacking. And I came, so that was a, probably it was a year in New Zealand backpacking, then I came back to Australia. And then I got the call when he bought Pier 19 and said, do you want to come back? And oh, wow. So yeah, okay. I had a, he, he, knew, he knew me and he knew my style and he knew. Yeah. So and we enjoyed a lot of success. Yeah, it's great, wow. And um, is it easy to work in with a team and to convey what you need to have them done? Do you find that? That's been the learning curve, I guess, going from the style that I was trained in, being very blunt, mm. and you do this to, to actually teaching people. Uh, mm. I mean, I guess the people I trained with are fantastic chefs, but maybe not fantastic managers. Mm. Uh, and part of owning Noir <laughs> that you, you can't just churn through staff and, and if you want to build anything that's consistent and decent uh, you need to have long people staying with you for a long time and if you want to do that you need to look after them and treat them well. Yeah that's right. Yeah I've heard that quite a bit actually yeah. from people your age and older that they've gone through the brigade style and so on and that it is expensive actually to, to train staff so you do want to you know retain a team. And yeah no, we've got a proper program for wine training now we've got a proper program for uh, young chefs to go off to hospitality training facilities and learn how to be better managers and mm. uh, yeah I've done quite a bit of the courses that are out there WSET to learn about wine and stuff like that I've done that that's how I've been able to progress the restaurant I guess yeah that's really like the whole the totality of hospitality isn't it so you can't really just especially if it's you're the owner and the head chef you can't really just do one part can no you? That, totally not uh, <laughs> yeah for, from building the restaurant like when we started this in an absolute shoestring Oh, that's right, I read that too. And uh, Ebony's family jumped in, so they, like, I mean, brother-in-law built the tables, the walls. <laughs> uh, her, her dad's an electrician. Yeah. Rewired the, the building, so it was really kind of hands-on and, and very humble start. But yeah, yeah wow. to get to this, which is now quite a beautiful room. Well, it is a beautiful room, and you get lots of really amazing reviews. I've yeah, read lots sure. of people who come here, no one says a bad word, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, no, we've and, been lucky um, on over the years. Yeah, and just the whole idea, because, you know, I love that whole shared Sunday lunch idea. That's such a French kind of thing for me, I guess in Italian, but French, because it's noir. But, um, yeah. yeah, you've really kind of nailed that um, the essence of French dining. Yeah, the, the shared tasting menus has been tremendously successful for us and we opened with that style and then we were trying to chasing awards and we went into a, a more formal tasting menu style mm. uh, to, to try and nail down hats and whatnot yeah and then we're kind of going back into a more sharing style as we get I okay. guess more akin to what more what our customers want yes uh, do you think that does the where you are well this is a stupid question actually about because it would but Yours is a destination restaurant because it's got such a good name and you've got a hat and so on that people want to come here from wherever in the city. But do, does the surrounding suburb affect it? Everything we've got is based on our local clientele okay. who come back again and again and again and again. Okay. And without that, we'd be, we wouldn't survive. Mm. We're not fantastic at marketing. It's still something I'm learning to try and do. We're not fantastic at promoting ourselves. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I think from our perspective, customer comes in, if they come back, then you've got a business. If they don't come back, you don't. Yeah. So. And how do you um, how do you go how do you go do you go about sort of working on that? So you, you obviously you want to hope that they come back, but how do you get a feel for what they want and what's? How we talk to them? Talk to them yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My my wife's on the floor. Yeah. Whenever four or five nights a week. Yeah. And uh, she's 
very good with the yeah. good with the people. She's definitely the people side of her wow, great. The business. Yeah, what a good team. And I really like that her name's Ebony and it's called Noir. Well, that's how it was, it was initially going to be called Ebony. That was, that was what we designed the restaurant, the style, the dark walls, and the, the sort of was be called Ebony. And she kind of decided then that maybe that, that, that's a wee bit too much. Yeah. So we kind of found Noir to, that it sort of suited the perfect. Yeah, yeah. suited the, the design we had, I suppose. Yeah. And how often do you change the menu? Ah. Uh, it's sort of randomly enough, I guess, as, as the whimsy takes me. We've got uh, dishes that never leave the menu, sure. and then we've got stuff that goes in and out of season, and then we've got stuff that I feel like doing because I saw something on a, in a book or whatever. You know? That's what I was going to yeah. say. Do you get your ideas mainly from books, or do you yeah. other people? Or? Yeah, I read them. I eat, I eat out a lot. I read a lot. Uh, yeah, just strong through Instagram you can see you can see something that just sparks a, an element of a, a something and, mm. uh, are you still surprised by food like by what other people are doing do you get a, like a bit of a thrill of excitement or is it uh, kind of all is it quite um, reminiscent of other things and no we, we love eating out yeah. uh, and there's such a a huge amount I mean as far as the progressive end of things where people are being the innovative restaurants, I guess, doesn't interest me so much per se, but mm. I guess the different cuisines that's available in Australia in particular that I would have never seen. Like, I mean, there's people doing fantastic uh, things, Japanese, just, you know, everybody's kind of having a go at the moment, and I guess I'm learning as a diner, not as a, as a chef, mm. uh, by what they're doing, and, and I find that very interesting. Mm, that's right. Um, what was I going to say? I said, it's reminding me I was going to say something about that. Um, oh. <laughs> Sparked something that I just didn't quite get my hands on. Um, and I guess, too, it's the relationship with the supplier, too, and what they've got available that can. Yeah, we're lucky in what we can, yeah, what we can get. Like, when the produce is stunning. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, we're working with the, the best people on the, on the market. That's, and, yeah, that's good. We can get I was gonna, what I was going to say was. Um, oh, now I've lost it again. Oh. How does this keep going? It's because I've just been teaching all day. Um, no, that there's, I think there's been a renaissance or a return to uh, really good flavours and not doing not doing too much to the food, so not doing too much of the, you know, foams and... Well, not foams, but, you know, like yeah, creating yeah. things that no longer look like they originally were and so on. So I think people are going back to just wanting really good flavours and, and well-cooked food rather than the really fancy things. Yeah, well, we're... We're kind of passionate about making everything here and, mm. and the process, I guess. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, so we're buying the best stuff. Yeah. We're, we're processing it and teaching young people how to, these methods, and we're cooking with, I guess, some unusual things like guinea fowl and marron and whatnot they might not have worked oh, with before. Yeah, and uh, they get the opportunity to learn how to do these properly. So. I was really surprised in France when I had pantard, so the, the guinea fowl. Yeah. It's so delicious. And oh, I was yeah, thinking, for sure. why don't we eat more of that in New Zealand or, well, at that stage, New Zealand but, or Australia? But it's um, sort of interesting still that there's, there is still a whole lot of food that we're just not used to here. And even, I mean, when I was living in France, I always had to sit back and just see how people actually approach yeah, things. Sure. Because there's things like, you know, when it's asparagus season and they're all doing asparagus, they'd have a whole asparagus sphere and they'd get, you know, a fork and put the plate upside down and can make their own little vinaigrette and everyone's like, you know, 
they're so hands-on and yeah, plants love sure. anything that they have to get into and we're just not quite there I don't think with some of those things and, and even I mean asparagus is not a tricky one to, to get hold here but guinea fowl or even offal I mean it's people getting more okay with it but yeah it's for sure uh, interesting and yeah I could just like to roll through these ingredients and yeah and try and make them also that's great do you think you'd ever want to do a book produce a book is that I don't think I've got enough to do that yet you know what I mean I've, I've seven years now yeah head chef at noir probably four or five years experience at head chef before that mm. uh i don't think my repertoire is big enough and we're still doing like new things all the time yeah uh i'd like to do another restaurant for sure okay uh, i'd like to do one that's not on a shoestring if you know what i mean yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but still in the french still still in the french yeah, yeah certainly european i guess european, yeah. yeah uh we tend to we we do our own fresh pastas and whatnot here as well, so it kind of rolls into that Mediterranean style yeah. as much, but, but France is definitely the, yeah. the muse. That's good. Uh, so yeah, books probably... probably <laughs> no, it's, it's an incredible amount of work in a book, and, and I guess it's, it's a thing to do when you're so confident in your own style. Yeah. Uh, that and it is maybe for later. That it's a finished product. Yeah. Uh, Just because, you know, like I, Annie Smithers, who I've had a talk to and so on, she sort of has... She does books, but I think yeah. it's a personality thing too, as well. Sometimes you know, you don't have to do a book. I'm yeah, no, I, I, I want to. Like it. I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I want to do a book one day. Yeah. But I want to do a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit. <laughs> no, that's all right. You're